It's the Misdeeds and Intrigue podcast, featuring stories of royals, scandals, and true crime. Here are your hosts, Carrie and Larissa. Hey, 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 thanks for joining us. Real quick promise, please find us and follow us at Mistrigue Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have curated content on Pinterest and Flipboard. Check out our channels on TikTok and YouTube, and if you would be so kind, like that famous prince we all know, please show us some love and rate and review us. Positive vibes only, right? Hey, 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 thanks for tuning in to Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast. I'm the less funnier one and interesting half of us, so my apologies, you're stuck with me this time. But for this new year, Larissa and myself are working on some great shows of royals, scandals, and true crime adjacent. In the meantime, please tune in to our classic shows that were originally recorded on this show's predecessor, Sip and Shine Podcast, that led to Larissa and myself meeting. This show is featuring the audience favorite, Jess, or the unfiltered blonde herself. But either way, cheers to the new year, here's to those who've seen us at our best, and seen us at our worst and can't tell the difference. But first, champagne. Hi, Jess. Thank you for coming on the Sip and Shine podcast. Uh, to be honest with you, I have actually a backlog of episodes, but I think we're actually just doing this because we miss talking to each other. <laughs> I know. Well, thank you for having me. We were just talking off mic a little. We're kind of starting to feel it. It's, it. It is funny that you do miss just talking to another not that we're like new to each other, but just someone else besides I see my husband every day. Besides that, it's like, oh, something new to talk about and do. Thank you for having me and giving me something to, uh, I don't know, entertain my mind about for a little bit. So I was talking to Cassidy, our friend Cassidy, who knows where like the Scientology bunker is and all that. And, (laughs) you know, she's our boots on the ground for Scientology now. (laughs) Exactly. So I was telling her, there's always these big topics. Like I was wanted to, I cannot wait to talk about the Arabian kidnap princesses. But I've had this on my list. And I was telling her, I was like, oh, I think I want to talk about this one. She goes, let me guess. Are you doing this one with Jess? <laughs> she goes, if so, you really don't need a long, a long script. Because you guys will find other things to talk about. Yeah, like, exactly. You're so right. Exactly. Yeah, we always find random, random stuff to talk about. So I was reading a Manson book, right? Charlie Manson book. As you do. And I always thought of Candace Bergen as her character on Murphy Brown. I didn't think she was that cute, you know, kind of nondescript. Totally. And then I watched her in, there's a movie called... Uh, book club right and in it all the four characters these women read 50 shades of gray and it like changes like their life right oh yeah 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 was that movie good right now you have nothing fucking else to watch exactly you'll be surprised the movies i've been watching lately (laughs) (laughs) she plays like a judge in that one and it totally suits her personality right but i didn't realize if you look at old pictures of her she was gorgeous and she dated Terry Melcher. Oh, yeah. She was really pretty. And Terry Melcher used to cheat on her and go, you know, use some of the women of Charlie Manson, supposedly, allegedly. But supposedly there's this connection between her and Charles Manson. And I, that's when I discovered she was really pretty. Oh, yeah. She was gorgeous. Well, didn't she start out as a model? Yes. She also had, and I didn't know this until I was reading an article in UK Daily Bible, like we like, UK Daily Mail, that... <laughs> 
I had no idea. And there's a bunch of articles out there. But again, we're not going super into this. This is really kind of a conversation starter for us. But I had no idea that she had such a dysfunctional relationship with her dad who valued his ventriloquist doll or his puppet in the article more than her that's so creepy yeah so we gotta do like a little snapshot of her because it takes place in california which you are the expert and then i just figured it'd be great conversation for us because it has mansions it has hollywood has a puppet in it it has all the ingredients (laughs) what 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 work did you want has a puppet oh my god So Candace Bergen, a.k.a. Murphy Brown, was the daughter of two famous parents, Edgar Bergen, a ventriloquist, and Frances Westcott, a model. Her birth was announced in newspapers and celebrity press by saying, quote, Charlie McCarthy has a little sister. Charlie McCarthy was her father's ventriloquist doll. That is so... That's freaking weird. Creepy. And the fact that that is not a widely known thing is even weirder i don't know i just feel like there's something really almost like those movies annabelle or the one about the doll i think there's one coming out with katie holmes in it it just kind of reminds me of that kind of creepiness and i was watching mysteries at the museum which i'm sure you watch too and one of them there's actually a museum for ventriloquist dolls okay that's weird yes the whole museum is of that and there was a weird story related to it of this doll that this man and this daughter were on a trip sea voyage in the 1800s or whatever it looks like they were possibly killed by the crew because disappeared on the trip but at one point his chest with the doll was found oh so that doll is now in that museum which kind of weirds me out ew or ventriloquist doll and then the other thing is i went on a cruise on the royal caribbean and the guy who does his comedy act with the ventriloquist doll he was the main act no Jeff Dunham. Those people really do treat their doll like that. I don't want to keep calling it a doll. I feel like I'm going to have bad karma, but I do feel like they treat them like real people or something. Okay. Well, even though Candace grew up in luxury and made a name and fortune for herself as an actress, her childhood was far from normal. Well, no shit. Liza Minnelli was a childhood friend and she referred to Walt Disney as Uncle Walt. But she was always competing against her father's ventriloquist doll for, oh my God, for attention. How, okay. What mental health issue would you be, like, I have daddy issues, right? But, and I'm very codependent. But what do you say in a therapy? At what age do we think that she started going to therapy, by the way? Do you think that has an impact on her voice? Because a lot of people say that if you have, I have a very childish voice, but if you met my grandmother, she does too. Otherwise, like when Jody first talked to me, she thought I had some early childhood <laughs> trauma because I had like a baby voice. People either say I sound like a valley girl or I sound like 12. <laughs> yeah, I could see both. Okay. Um, sorry. I'll go back to what we were talking about. <laughs> you can tell we haven't talked to other people. Right. I know. It's like, oh my God, let's talk about it. Well, okay. Well, to continue on with this weird ass situation charlie which let's not forget charlie is the doll the ventriloquist doll um yeah he had his own room in the family's home because that's super normal and candace claims that the room was bigger than hers she also recalled sitting on her father's knee oh my god and charlie on the other and he'd squeeze the back of her neck and she'd open her mouth so her father could make she and charlie have conversations what the fuck this is really kind of creepy can you even imagine what's her shrinks files about her oh 
my God. Candace also said that her father never really told her that he loved her. And when she did once as a child, his response was a pat on the hand. Well, yeah, I think it's safe to say that he had some issues. So in the 1960s, Candace was in a relationship and living with Terry Melcher, a producer slash singer slash songwriter and the son of Doris Day. I don't know if I knew that his mom was Doris Day. But you know who else used to run with them for a little while and they rang up her credit card? Angela Lansbury's daughter. Oh, that's random. Where was I? Okay, so at the time, Charles Manson was an aspiring musician, and Terry was interested in recording Manson's music and potentially even making a film about the Manson's hippie lifestyle. Beach Boy Dennis Wilson actually introduced Manson to Terry. Oh, I do remember this, though. Side note, the Beach Boys actually recorded one of Manson's songs and didn't give him credit. The song was called Cease to Exist. I do remember learning about that. Terry dropped his interest in both music and film after seeing Manson get into a fight. When Terry and Candace moved out of their Cielo Drive home, at the request of Doris Day, it was rented to a film director, Roman Plansky, and his wife, Sharon Tate. I knew that's how he became familiar with the house, was because they had lived there and he had went up there. Yep, and that was in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, remember? They showed when when Sharon Tate went to like rent the house and they were living there and oh you know what else is like really kind of eerie which I mean I don't really know that much about Candace Bergen obviously because I'm like shocked at reading all of this but someone I know their mother knows her not she's not like friends with her but she like whatever they run in somewhat of the same social circles or something like that we were talking about where her how where this this woman this woman's house is my friend's mom where her house is and she was saying that Candace Bergen either is one of her neighbors or was one of her neighbors or something like that and the location where my friend's mother lives is a stone's throw away from that Cielo Drive house so wouldn't you think that it's I don't know maybe it's not weird but what I'm thinking is wouldn't you think okay if you were Candace Bergen and you had lived at that house and then the person that lived in it right after you was murdered in that house I would have a little PTSD about that and I don't know that I would want to live almost right across the street from there again would you no no I'm too superstitious I don't know about you Jewish people are superstitious right I feel like it's inherent. Yeah, we have a lot of weird superstitions. I still do the thing that, and that that's the other thing. Persian Jews, it's like double whammy because Persians are really superstitious and Jews are really superstitious. So you have both of them together and it's like, ay, 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 ay. When someone gets engaged, they don't want to tell anyone because they want people to have bad eye and they like to hide. Like if you get a new car, you don't tell anyone you get a new, you got a new car because you don't want them to have like bad eye and you, something like that. So stupid. <laughs> I would be, I would be a little superstitious about the, let's hide our like engagement. I'd be like, why are you trying to hide me? I would be, I'd be weird. But I remember when I got engaged to my ex-husband, he was very weird about it. Like he was very weird about relationships. I looked back now and I was like, oh, he's aloof. Now I look back and I'm like, no, he was very emotionally like immature. <laughs> Even one of my husband's cousins no one knew she was pregnant with her third baby until she had the baby and she like hid out for nine months. They're really oddly superstitious, but it's so weird to me. But this thing that he does is so 
they have this weird superstition that after you get a new car, as you're driving home from the car dealer with your new car, you have to stop and buy eggs and you put eggs under the front two tires of the car and you drive over them and back and forth over them like multiple times and it's supposed to like ward off evil eye from the car. So my husband ended up having two new cars in two years because he got a new car and then his dad totaled it. His dad was driving and his dad totaled it and then he got another new car because that one was totaled. And so <laughs> we, he, okay, so we got the, the second car, like after the one had been totaled, right? And we're driving home from the car dealer. He's like, oh, we have to stop and buy eggs. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if that really works because your last two cars, you did that. And the first one you got in like four car accidents in. And the second one, your dad just fucking totaled it on the freeway. So I'm like, maybe don't do the eggs with this one and let's see how it goes. (laughs) And that was a a year ago. And knock on wood, he hasn't done the eggs. And knock on wood, no accidents, no That you know about. That you know about. That I know about. I think this egg thing is fucking bullshit. Okay, sorry. We got to get this back on track. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so they were later murmured, murdered, murmured. They were later murdered in the home by the Manson family. I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at myself. No, I know this is. Sharon was eight months pregnant at the time. There were a few other people in the house who were also murdered, including Coffee Harris, heiress. Abigail Folger. There are different accounts of why Manson murdered the group. Some say he was looking for Terry, which I've heard the same thing. Others say he knew Terry didn't live there, and the Manson family left a note on the porch at his new home. Some say Manson was trying to send a message to Terry that he needed to follow through with and record Manson's music and make the film. Soon after this incident, Candace and Terry split up. Is he still alive, the Terry guy? I don't know. Whatever happened to him? You never hear about what happened to him. Candace had a diverse career as a model for magazines like Esquire and Cosmopolitan, but she was also a photojournalist. I did not know that. I didn't either. A Marie Claire article reported that she'd photographed the Ku Klux Klan. She was also on Saturday Night Live with with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Where the hell have they been? Yes. I heard Chevy Chase is very cranky. Oh, I heard he's a total douche canoe. Like, total asshole. That's what I've heard, too. I've not heard Douche Canoe since like 1999. <laughs> I just maybe 2005. I've been watching old early 2000s, late 1990 movies that I never got a chance to see because I was like having kids and shit. <laughs> I even introduced McKenna so to funny. Can't Hardly Wait, and we're watching it because oh my god, I remember that. Yes, movie. so uh, Patrick's coworkers used to call him. Seth Green and he's like no that's what my brother looks like so I introduced her to Seth Green in that movie like oh this was your dad back in the day remember when everyone was in love with Jennifer Love Hewitt and she's in that movie when she was my client when she was like first pregnant at the store like 10 years ago or something like that and I remember she came in and she was so fucking cheap she only wanted to buy like floor model furniture and she tried to like haggle with me and I was like, "What, dude, this isn't like a swap meet. This is like a high-end like furniture store. And she also did, so she bought this dress. I think it was like a dresser and a crib and maybe even a glider. Or maybe it was just a dresser and a crib. She bought it off the floor. So it was a floor model. And I was like, well, do you want it delivered? Because she lived in the Valley. And it was going to be like $75, like a flat rate to have it delivered to her house. And she was so cheap she didn't even want to have it delivered so she insisted on her and her husband she was like really pregnant at the time she and her boyfriend or whoever her baby daddy was they came with their like suv and it wasn't even like a big suv it was like an x5 or something and 
they came with their SUV and to pick up the furniture by themselves. And she's like loading it. It was just the weirdest thing. I just remember like not really being a fan. I was like, oh, you're kind of annoying me. I totally think Cassidy called this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah, this is how did we even get on talking about this? I have a new game I bought for us to play. I actually thought of you last night when I got it. If you had to. Okay. So I'm going to finish this up real quick so we can get to this. So Okay, yeah, finish it up so that we can do it. When Candace's father, Edgar, died in 1978, he made her life even more unique by leaving $10,000 to his doll, Charlie, but left Candace out of the will. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is ridiculous. How do... Can you imagine the attorney who had to draft that? Oh, I know. She said, quote, I chased my father's approval all my life, and here was proof I'd never get it. Oh, my God. That's so sad. In 1988, she married a French film director, and they had one child together. Side note, when he died in 1995, her world was shattered, and she tried different ways of working through the heartbreak, including primal scream therapy. I have no idea what the hell that is. And in 1988, she appeared in her first episode of Murphy Brown, where she would become the highest paid actress on television, and she won five Emmys. She also caught the attention of politicians when the show decided to make a single mother and she became a moral talking point in re-election speeches. Remember that? Yes. She was like the first single mom on TV. Yes. I forgot about that. And well, and didn't they do like a comeback like a year ago or something? Like Murphy Brown came out again. I don't think it was on very long. Yeah, I think so. I didn't watch yeah, I didn't watch any of those. I didn't watch the New Will and Grace. I didn't mm-hmm. watch Murphy Brown. You know, it just felt like they're trying too hard. In her 50s, Candace Grace looks in shows like Will and Grace, Sex and the City, and Boston Legal. She also starred in Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. Okay, so moving on. Let's get to our game. <laughs> <laughs> moving on, moving on. More important things. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm going to give you two different things, and you have to say, like, which, if you had to do one over the other. Okay, like, what, like, what would you rather? Kind of like that. Yep. But this is for adults. Okay. Every minute you need to tell everyone what time it's, it is, like it's 3.07, it's 3.08, or watch every video on Pornhub. Oh my God. I think Pornhub, because at least I could like close my eyes or like not have to pay attention to all of it. The other one just sounds like too much, like <laughs> too much stress and responsibility. Who would want to be around you after a while? Like it's like Rain Man. Yes, yeah, Seriously. Yeah, that'd be too much. I don't know. Which one would you do? I think Pornhub. <laughs> have your failures broken down on Sports Center nightly. Have what broken down? Your failures. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Or only get aroused by predator versus prey chases on the animal planet. I think the predator versus prey. I don't need to be reminded of like every single failure in my life ever. <laughs> I don't know. Which one would you do? Um, I think, I think the aroused by the predator thing. <laughs> yeah, the other one sounds like just, that's too much. Emit ink like a squid when you get scared. Or anxious, let's say anxious for you. Yeah, anxious is more like it. Okay. Or do ecstasy for all family gatherings. Ooh, doing ecstasy for all family gatherings sounds kind of fun. <laughs> is, that, is that horrible? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that might be like a good time, no? <laughs> Use Ben Affleck's stubble as a loofah or have Paris Helen narrate your life. I think I would go I would think I would go stubble as a loofah. Really? I thought you'd go, go for Paris. No, because her I can't stand her her vocal fry, her Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I think I no, I would pff, that's too much. 
I can't. Start a polygamous family with the last three people you texted as your spouses. Or you're constantly hallucinating on magic mushrooms. Just so you know, we did text. And don't worry, I don't expect you to put out. I don't expect you to put out. (sighs) Hold on. Let me see who the last three people I If anything, I want you to take one for the team. (laughs) (laughs) The last three people I texted is, okay. Wait, what is the other option? Um, you're constantly hallucinating on magic mushrooms. Well, okay, one of the, the one of the last three people I texted was my husband. So I don't know if I really want to be in a polygamous relationship with him. I don't know. So I yeah, I think I'll go magic mushrooms on this. This is making me sound like a major drug addict, but yeah, I think I'll go magic <laughs> mushrooms on that. <laughs> go through a TSA line before you get into any bathroom, <laughs> or tap dance everywhere instead of walking. I think tap dance, that would actually be kind of fun. And you'd like get a workout in, you know? Um, star in a reality TV show called I Killed My Family. <laughs> okay. You hold the record for biggest boobs in the world. The biggest what in the world? You hold the record for biggest boobs in the world. Oh, oh definitely, the, definitely the second one. Definitely the last one. The biggest boobs in the world. Work as a human-sized vagina for demonstration purposes in sex ed classes. Oh, my God. Or take a year-long vow of silence. Oh, Jesus. So either be Gwyneth Paltrow or take a year-long vow of silence. Take a dick in my face or something with the... Yeah, I guess I'll do the first one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you're taking the dick in the face. Perform in a SeaWorld show as a dolphin or lick anything before you touch it. I'll take... I'll be a dolphin... Because I'm uh, even before Corona, I was a germaphobe. And this is like, no, I can't. I can't do that. Have your husband's dad burst in the room every time you're about to climax. Oh, God. Or every anxiety fear you have will come true. Oh, my God. Those are both horrible. <laughs> those are both awful. Oh, geez. I mean, I guess I would have to... Do the first one, unfortunately. You yell fire, fire every time you enter a room. This will be the last one. Or everyone talks to you like you're a two-year-old. I need everybody to talk to me like I'm a two-year-old. Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, I think I would. Ha- I think I would rather have everyone talk to me like I'm a two-year-old. <laughs> so, where can people find your podcast? Podcast is called Blonde Unfiltered which you can listen to anywhere you listen to this podcast. And um, if you want to follow my little Instagram, it is at, oh shit, what is my Instagram? Is it blonde underscore unfiltered? Is it just blonde? You never know. Your, you don't know your own social media I know. Links, bitch. I'm horrible. <laughs> uh, They'll be in the show notes. It's, I try to find the correct ones in the show notes. Okay, it is blonde underscore unfiltered. That's what it is. So, And don't forget to get, I, I don't even know like a good outro here. Stay away from puppets. Charlie, there's a cutie coming down the street. Yeah, if I had my teeth with me, I'd whistle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it isn't Edgar and Charlie, what are you boys doing tonight? Painting the town? Well, we'd like to, but Bergen is all out of paint. How about you and me going dancing? Great idea. We can do the Watusi. Yeah. See you later, Charlie. Yeah. Don't forget. Ciao, darling. Still too early to go to Tiffany's. I guess the next best thing is a drink. 
I will never be the woman with the perfect hair who can wear white and not spill on it. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's me again, and you thought you probably had enough of my voice by now. Just a quick reminder to find us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss Intrigue Pod. Follow us on Pinterest and Flipboard, where we collect featured stories from across the internet of royalty, chronicles of interesting events in history, and of course, true crime. Lastly, check out our YouTube channel because everyone has one, right? That features playlists of documentaries and other related segments from our podcast topics. And if you want to hit us up, check out MissDeedsAndIntriguePodcast.com. But we don't have a complaints department, just to give you a little heads up. The podcaster or authors assumes no responsibility or liability for any errors or omissions in the content of this podcast. The information contained on this podcast is an as-is basis with no guarantees of completeness, accuracy, usefulness, or timeliness. A reasonable amount of effort was made to deliver precise data. All views expressed by the podcast hosts or guest co-hosts are their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of any entity whatsoever with which Carrie, Misdeeds, or Intrigue Podcast, or Larissa have been, am now, or will be affiliated. The content of this podcast is for personal, informational, and entertainment purposes only, and is not to be viewed for commercial use. Misdeeds and Intrigue Podcast respects the intellectual property of others. Any audio clips that were not generated by the podcast host or producer was pulled from the public domain, free use sites, and or from YouTube, or other authorized sites to gather information. The utmost effort was made to credit the author and or production. If at any time you feel that copyright was infringed, please email Carrie at misdeedsandintriguepodcast.com and immediate action will be taken to remove the audio clips that were present for entertainment purposes only.